0: All right, what we're going to be looking at and what we've already looked at is the church grows warmer through fellowship. Today, the church grows deeper through discipleship. Next week, the church grows stronger through worship. After that, the church grows wider through ministry. And then the church grows larger through evangelism. Go in the book of Matthew, please. Matthew chapter number 11. If Teresa did it right, let me see. Yeah, she did. Okay. She's been after me a long time to text me your stuff. I know what that's code for. That way I don't have to talk to you on the phone. I know what that means. Are you there? Matthew 11, 28, 29. Oh, she forgot to put 30 on there. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Father. I am believing, God, by your Holy Spirit, that you're going to impact this word, and Lord, make it meaningful to every person that is here, or those that are at Centralia, those that are at Fairfield, or those that listen to the CDs, those that watch on the, uh, on the internet, we're believing, God, it will be helpful to them all. In Jesus' name, amen. You see what we have here? We have the Early Learning Center, and then hopefully you graduate and you get to this one right here, which they don't have this anymore, do they? My brother said, back in the day, you could really hide a lot of stuff in here where they didn't know what you was doing. And then from there, you graduate and you get to another place of learning. Evidently, looks like you're a teacher. I believe this is what discipleship is all about, that we are constantly growing and constantly learning and constantly doing, and not just one particular thing. This is where I've seen a lot of Christian people get hung up at, to where they're just one, they're going to major, they're going to be a specialist in one particular thing. I personally don't feel that that's healthy. In the book, Not a Fan, and I believe Chris Herman and Bo Bear are teaching that here, in that book, they tell the story of Bill Bright, who started, um, what was it, Campus Crusade for Christ? Campus Crusade for Christ. That man wrote a a tract years ago, the uh, Four Spiritual Laws, that tract, there have been 2.5 billion of those given away around the world. That man was instrumental in the Jesus film, which 4 billion people have watched that film. And when he passed away, upon his own request, the only words that are on his gravestone is his name and then these words, slave for Jesus. You know what that man was? He was a disciple. That's what Paul used the term servant. It means bond slave. Most of the writers in the New Testament use that concerning themselves at one time or another. And either they had a hole in their head and didn't know what they're talking about, or they knew something that most church members don't know that the way to live your life is as a disciple. Sue's sitting way back there, so I won't have her to come up on the, on the platform today. Last week, we had the baby blessing. Had all the babies up front. All the moms and dads, grandma and grandpas. This is something that I thought about the next day. What if one of those babies, its hand started growing Humongous size, adult size. No parent would say, hey, look at my little girl. Look at the hands on my little Wow, she's an overachiever there. You wouldn't do that. Something would be wrong. And again, I don't think it's correct in the idea of, oh, I'm going to be a, a prayer warrior and that's all I'm going to do. If that's what you're doing, you're doing it wrong. All I'm going to do is study for sermons, and that's all I'm going to do. I believe that is wrong. Just as wrong as that baby with the hands growing larger than everything else is growing on the body. We've got to have proportional growth. This is why I'm not I'm not a preacher that I just get up and preach only on on the love of God. Or some preachers, all they preach, it don't matter if you ever No matter what time you ever heard them preach, all they preach, they just preach faith. That's it. God's called me to preach faith. I think that's disproportionate. That's why God gave us the whole Bible. We've got to grow in proportion. Preacher, all I'm going to do is attend church. Hear me. That's wrong. You got to do more than that. All I'm going to do is win others. That's wrong. And there's a reason that it's wrong. If you don't do all the other things that God wants you to do, you won't win anybody when you try to win somebody. Amen. Amen. Preacher, all I'm going to do is praise the Lord. How many know people like this? I do. I do. And more times than not, they're just like Solomon when he said, I went down. You can find this in the book of Song of Solomon. I went down into the valley of nuts. I've seen people, that's where they live. (laughs) They're a nut job. They're job. Oh, I just praise the Lord all day at work. Well, you're probably cheating your employer. I don't know why that guy won't go to church with me. I just prayed Jesus all day long. I can probably try to help you here if you'll listen to me. We've got to grow in proportion. You need to grow in prayer, in Bible study, in attending church, in fellowshipping with others, in your giving. Everything is involved for you to grow to the wholeness of what God wants in each and every one of our lives. Let me show you something about prayer. Go to the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah, that's page 779. Nehemiah talked about, you could say in this, in this uh, verse that he's talking about, well, he's talking about prayer. He's talking about much more than prayer. You can't just study coloring and expect to pass to get over here. You've got to do something else. You got to be able to take your scissors and cut the lines right. You got to be able to glue just right and then spread the dreaded glitter. and then you graduate to get right here. In Nehemiah chapter one, Nehemiah gives the instructions on how to pray, and it's, think of the book of Acts. A-C-T-S, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and then your prayer, supplication. The very first thing in verse five, What is he doing? He's adoring God through praise. And then in verse 6 and 7, he's confessing his sin. And bless, I'm telling you, everybody here, when you pray, you ought to do that. Oh, no, not me, preacher. I'm such a holy, righteous person. And I'm telling you, if I take your coat off, there's not wings sprouting out the back. Every one of us, there's times we've got to confess. And then in verses 8 through 10, what Nehemiah is doing is thanksgiving to God. And then in verse 11, he finally gets around to his prayer. He doesn't start off, God, this is my prayer list, and you better give it to me now before 10 o'clock this morning. He doesn't do that. He spends some time in adoration to God. He spends some time in confession to God. He spent some time in thanksgiving to God. Every one of us, it don't matter if you're having a bad hair day or not, every one of us has a lot to be thanking God for. And then he finally gets around to what his prayer request was. Same way with us. Get around to what you're praying about the last day. Spend some time in adoration and praise to God. Confess your sins. Then be thankful, and then ask God what you're asking for. That's prayer. That's not just, here it is, God, I want it right now. No, I'm trying to help you here. If you grow, how many has has outgrown your prayers that you used to pray? I have. Because it used to just be praying, God, I want this, and I want that, and I want this, and I want that, and I want this, and I want that. For all you country music fans, wasn't it Garth Brooks that said he thanked God for unanswered prayers? I do too. Because a lot of them I wasn't praying right. How many here on Lay's potato chips you can eat just one? i tell you how I am. This is just how person I am. And we just use Lay's potato chips. I'm either none or some. I'm not, I'm not one. And that's how I am really on everything in my life. That's why it's easy for me to do something for, I'll tell you, I wrote a book one time. How many knows that? Yeah, I wrote a book one time. Well, it was a big seller, but we won't go into that. 30 minutes a day, and I was done. That's all I did. The next day, 30 minutes a day, and I was done, and I went to something else. The next day, 30 minutes a day, I was done, and then I go something else. Because I know if I stay on one thing too long, I'm bummed out, and I'll ne- I'm sick of that, and I'll never go back to that, and don't even. Woodworking. I'll start on a project, and just stay out here. I'm just going I'm I'm to, it just just consumes me and just takes me over. And then it's like, I never want to do another woodworking project the rest of my life. It's better for me to do things in increments. I think this is part and parcel of helping each and every person grow as a disciple to know you got to do different things and not just be a specialist. Ecclesiastes, listen to the words of Solomon. He says, to everything there is a season, a time to every purpose under heaven. There's a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to dance, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing. The time to refrain from embracing is here in Orchardville Church. What a deadhead bunch of people, A time to get and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to rend and a time to mend. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love, a time to hate, a time of war, a time of peace. What's he saying? I'm not focused just on one thing. That's what he's saying. I am not a specialist. In Isaiah chapter 37, it talks about that before you can jump, before you can go forward, you got to go back. He talks about before you can before you can jump, you got to go down. Where is Where's Lawson? Is Lawson here today? Where's he at? Come here Lawson, help me out. Help me out. It was your grandma last week, it's you this week. This guy, he's a basketball star, right right over here, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to jump as high as you can jump. Come on. Thank you very much. Very good. (laughs) He had to go down before he could go up. No, I just want to go up. Well, it's going to be real hard for you to jump. (laughs) You're going to have to go down before you can go up. There's going to have to be some discipleship things that maybe you don't want to do, and you'd rather not do them, but I'm going to tell you what will happen. By doing them, what it does, it creates character in your life, and it creates discipline in your life. To where when it's time to do something bigger, then you're ready for that because you've got a certain amount of discipline in your life to where now you can go ahead and do the bigger job. Paul told Timothy, preach the word. But that wasn't all of it. Then he said, rebuke. Then he said, exhort. When I say, young person, sit up and listen to me. Quit falling asleep. That's not preaching. They'll tell you that he's not preaching at all. That's not preaching. That's rebuking. But there are some preachers, all they want to do is preach the word. 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 And do it with such a smile on her face. Paul didn't say that. Paul said, you preach the word. Then you rebuke. Then you exhort. The part I like, I like preaching the word, but I realize there are times that I got to get on to people in there, and I know that people, ah, he's just a mean guy, and I'm really not. I am a lovable little fuzzball when you get to know me. (laughs) It's not preach the word, preach the word, preach the word, preach the word. There are other things to this. The best job I have ever seen in someone Conducting a funeral is Steve Upchurch. More than once. And it's just like, wow, how he ministered to that family. The best job that I have ever seen someone do and perform a wedding ceremony, short sledge. And Mike and Judy Siskowski know about that wedding because they paid for that wedding. (laughs) And I thought, man. But it's such, see, there's more than just preach the word. There are other things you got to do. I've had to learn to try, and it's an ongoing process. I've had to learn to try to be more of a people person. My dad was a people person deluxe. My mom, mm, not so much. And I probably took more after her. In that regard. So it's been something that I've had to work on, even though I'd rather not. Some guy told me that he'd like the pastor if it wasn't for the people. I said, Well, I don't know what to tell you there. <laughs> See, we can't harvest all the time. Sometimes you got to plant, sometimes you got to water. Sometimes you got to do some weeding. Sometimes you got to do some work that maybe, I mean, the harvest is the fun part. That's the payback. That's what you really like to do. But there's other things involved. And I want everybody here to see the value in being a disciple. Uh, Do we have a pointer back there that I can use? I need that FedEx. Very good. And I need to, can you point? Mr. Britton, do me a favor. Do you know where the arrow's at on the FedEx? You don't, you're going to learn something today. How many back there, Josh, you know where the arrow's at on the, no? Who else? Who else? Somebody back there on that side knows where the arrow's at. Who else? Valerie knows where the arrow's at. Give that to Valerie. Huh? There it is, right there. How many, how many sees the arrow? How many didn't know an arrow was there beforehand? (laughs) Logan Hackworth pointed this out to me, and he said these words, once you see it, you can't unsee it. Every FedEx truck I see, I don't see even the FedEx I see. There's an arrow right there on (laughs) on that truck. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. And I really think this with discipleship. Once a person sees this, you can't unsee it. You know how valuable it is? It makes sense to you? You see it? Yeah, there's value there by me being a disciple, not blowing in and blowing out and blowing up, but being a disciple, being faithful, being trustworthy. Jesus said, come unto me. He didn't say, come unto a doctrine. He didn't say, come unto a church. He said, come unto me. And in doing that, we're going to be a disciple. Because here's the thing, it's step, it's progression again. Right here, you've got the little table, and then you've got the bigger table, and then you've got the executive table, the teacher's table. It's growing Growing up in him, thank God when people grow up into him, but when Jesus said, Come unto me, now you're a believer. But when Jesus said, Take my yoke, now you're a disciple, because it takes some discipline, it takes some discipline. Robert Ingersoll, a year, hundred years ago, the famous uh, atheist, he was speaking one day, and he said, The bible's not true, there's no heaven, there's no hell, and a drunk in the crowd said Hey, Bob, good speech. I'm dependent on you that that's right. I'm not dependent on no goofball. I'm dependent on this right here. And this right here says I need to be a disciple. I'm not dependent upon Barack Obama. I'm not dependent on, on uh, Social Security. I hope nobody else is either. I'm not dependent upon, upon uh, any, any type of politician. I'm not dependent on a movie star. I'm not dependent upon a track star. I'm not dependent upon a... a, a I'm dependent on the Bible. Lawrence O'Donnell... Yeah, boo, that's right His latest comment is It's a travesty that the president's going to lay his hand on the Bible And be sworn in the second inauguration it's, it's awful, he shouldn't do that I'm not dependent upon Lawrence O'Donnell I'm dependent on what the Bible says I'm not dependent upon some, some rock star and what they say Or some movie star I'm dependent upon the Bible that, that, I know. That goes to face, because, that goes in the face of everything that people hear about it, because anybody that's on TV's got all the answers. You've got to be kidding me. Jesus said, if you hold back your life, you'll lose it. But if you give your life to me, you'll find it. I had a great uncle that had pulling ponies, Rex and Tex. And one, if you had one pulling pony, it'd pull X amount of weight. Let's just say a ton. If you hook the other pulling pony on together, now you will say it'll pull two ton. Four times the amount. That's why Jesus said, yoke up with me. You'll do more in what God wants you to do, yoked up with him, and you will by yourself. By yourself. Jesus said, continue in my word. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. Yeah, but preacher, when I read the Bible, I don't retain what I read. Read it anyway. The strainer that has the water poured through it, it's cleaner by having the water poured through it, even though it don't retain a drop of it. You're cleaner by having this word poured through. Preacher, I don't understand it. You better read it. Thank you for that loan. Amen. Jesus said, have commitment. He that does not take up his cross and follow after me is not even worthy of me. You will serve through service. Simple as that. I've seen people today. They're serving. Seeing people at the, at the doors as greeters, serving. Who's on the camera today? Is that Jeremy? Jeremy up there, serving. Doing something. You will serve through service. Missy Sharp back there. You'll serve through service. She's back there on that computer. There's a lot of ways to get plugged in. You will serve through service. Someone asked D.L. Moody, "Uh, Pastor Moody, what kind of leather is your Bible made of? And he said, shoe leather. Good answer. Shoe leather. Noah was over 100 years building the ark. Moses refused the riches of Egypt. Esther risked her own life. Paul served Jesus through multiple hardships that we can't even imagine what he went through. And Jesus gave his own life. Serves through service. In Mark chapter 10, I'll close with this. Wonderful story of the rich young ruler that comes to Jesus. And and, and listen, any church in America would With open arms accept this guy. And Jesus said, One thing's lacking in your life. It wasn't religion, the guy had religion. It wasn't values, he had values. It wasn't a moral accountability, he had that. One thing was lacking. Jesus calls him, I personally feel he's calling him to be a disciple, and he refuses. One thing is lacking, discipleship. Think this through with me. What if 40 years later, the rich young ruler is now the rich old ruler, and he's sitting in the backyard on his veranda with the grapes and the terraced yard and the vineyards, and the pool, and his great-grandson comes bounding up and jumps on his lap and asks him this question, Grandpa, did you ever meet Jesus? And immediately he thinks back to 40 years ago to where he called me to be a disciple and I turned and walked the other way. What a different story it could have been in that man's life. God's calling us all not just to be casual observers, but to be a disciple. And I grant you, that's not for the sissies. That's not for the weak of heart and the faint of heart. And if you're afraid somebody's going to poke fun at you, yeah, you probably won't be able to handle it. I realize that. After I was converted, this discipleship thing, it just kind of took me over. And I was more than willing to go to school. And I had a ball. I had a, well, one, of the, one of the guys, uh, 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 business owner there in, in Wayne City, said, That Mark Shell carries a Bible around big enough to choke a mule. And I did. And it, that Bible was bigger than this one. And they was all wearing white today. I'd wear a white, tin, just skin-tight T-shirt. Ooh, I had a... It looked good, I'm telling you. And had a big, big chain and a cross around my neck. And people made fun of me. Back then, it was because I had the cross on. Today, it'd be because I had the white, skin-tight T-shirt on. (laughs) But I knew God had called me, and I was going to follow through with that. And I knew discipleship was part of that. And standing up for what you believe in spite of and in light of a society that is going the wrong way. It's even that much more important for us to take that stand. Take a stand right now. Would you please stand? Heavenly Father, in this time that we live, in this culture we live, which is a me culture and a me society, discipleship is a hard sell. Discipleship is too much for some to swallow. But God, I know for you to fully use an individual for your kingdom and for your glory, that person needs to become a disciple and needs to be becoming a disciple. But we'll never, Paul, 30 years later, was saying, I have not attained, but he was wanting to be a disciple. None of us will ever attain while we're on this earth, but God, we can continue and be in becoming a disciple. And Lord, I am praying as faltering as this message was, but Lord, you somehow would take these words And they would mean something to people here. And God, they would see the value from the youngest here to the oldest of being a disciple, a disciplined one. One that is going to pray. One that is going to read our Bible every day. One that is going to be faithful in the house of God. One that is going to be faithful in winning others to you. One that is going to be faithful in their giving. One that is going to be faithful in wanting to please you and not themselves. Lord, for someone here this morning outside of, outside of your grace for their life, they've never asked you to be Savior in their life, God, I pray that you would speak to them now and knock on their heart. And Lord, let today be their day of saying, yes, I want to belong to Jesus. I want to be a believer. Let that happen today. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: the song I sing more than the next heartbeat so much more more than anything Lord as time goes by
2: God I'll be by your side
1: because I never want to go back to my old. I never was.
2: we get-